Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers' afternoon drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, I got to tell you, as I was listening to that music, um, I didn't notice in your voice and also like breaking the fourth wall here with what I do for a living. I literally work in the same spot that I'm podcasting from taking phone calls and I have to have the volume turned like all the way up because the people talk so low. That song does not play very low though. So as soon as I start playing that song, just bam, blasting in the ears. If I was feeling a little bit like tired or sleepy right now, that would have definitely woke me up. Shot of caffeine right there. Alan, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I got my own. My volume is at an appropriate level, so I'll just <laughs> have a sip of my coffee here, and uh, and I'll be able to match your energy. There we go. Uh, Alan, we talked yesterday about an offensive coordinator candidate that the Steelers had put in a request to interview. Uh, maybe a little bit of a, I don't know if I would say a bomb dropped on 93.7 The Fan by Peter King, but randomly throwing out there with when there wasn't a single report about this prior to that Cliff Kingsbury was also going to be meeting with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had also met with the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Chicago Bears stole our guy that we wanted in Shane Waldron instead of hiring Cliff Kingsbury. So I just wanted to point that out there as well. Another team that was linked to both names. Um, but Cliff Kingsbury meeting with the Steelers. Alan, I think that you might have brought this into the world by saying yesterday that you really you hated his offense, didn't like the fit. Uh, so I, I had somebody actually, my, John, my friend John, who's a, a listener of the show, texted me and said, damn it, Alan, why'd you have to say it? And you know what's funny too is because like the first one yesterday, man, was a guy that like, I felt like people were excited about him, Zach Robinson, yeah. you know, a young guy, an exciting uh, part of the McVay tree, and, you know, like mm-hmm. a, just a, a thing a lot of people wanted. And I think Cliff Kingsbury is he's young, he's 44, younger anyway, but uh, mm-hmm. the very antithesis of that in many ways, his offensive scheme, I don't, I'm not a fan of. Uh, it doesn't seem like, personally, he just gets along with people, not that you have to. I mean, Todd Haley was kind of, that way and certainly had some success but uh a very differently perceived piece of Steelers offensive coordinator search news today I would certainly say yeah I mean you know a few years ago maybe before he randomly makes that leap to the NFL to the Arizona Cardinals head coaching spot without having like even a coordinator spot in the NFL prior to that um you know when he was like a hot commodity at that time I think like that name value that would have probably been very enticing for the for Steelers fans and they would have been all on board but after having his run in the NFL go the way that it did with the Arizona Cardinals 
you know, he's back at USC this past year. Caleb Williams didn't even have the same type of year after the year that he had. How much is that is being attributed to Cliff Kingsbury? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think he, his name holds the same value that it did even just a few seasons ago. And I think that people saw a lot more warts in the offense than maybe they did prior to like his time at Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, like, let's I mean, let's just dive in, right? Okay, so let's start with the resume. It's interesting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's worked at you know he's got, got his real college start at Houston under Dana Holgerson, and then Holgerson mm-hmm. left to go to Oklahoma State. He took over the play calling duties there, I believe, when Kevin Sumlin was the head coach. Um, so sort of a disciple of the air raid scheme uh, that was passed down from guys like Hal Mummy and Mike Leach to Dana Holgerson and now to Cliff Kingsbury. So if you're familiar with college football, uh, a lot of passing, a lot of four wide receivers, a lot of uh, weird spread spacing. Uh, if you can think back to the times when he was at Texas Tech, they would like spread their offensive linemen out really far and, and basically never run the ball. And um, he's kind of adapted and matured since then he's worked with a lot of good quarterbacks uh he worked with johnny menzel he worked with baker mayfield he worked with patrick mahomes uh and now since then he's worked with Kyler murray in arizona and worked with caleb williams so he certainly had his hands on a lot of talent i think there's a real question though of how much like that scheme is about elevating talent i mean they they never won eight games with patrick mahomes as quarterback at texas tech <laughs> like yeah. uh and, and, you know, they did not have a ton of success to make the playoffs one time in four years at Arizona. I think the scheme has been done. You know, I don't think it was a bad idea when uh, those guys came up with it in the you know late 1990s and early 2000s. I have a lot of respect for guys like Mike Leach uh, who were innovators in that area. I think the time for it to try to attack the NFL – came and went before it ever really did. Some guys pulled some of those concepts out and will use them. We see four verts all the time. That's a classic air raid concept. But in terms of just running that offense at the NFL level over and over again, it's too simple in terms of its play calling. It doesn't really work. And so we saw Cliff Kingsbury try to provide like a modified version of it in his time with Arizona. I don't really think it worked. I don't know that his scheme or that he would have a scheme or that he would be able to bring a scheme that would have any success. So I think from the X's and O's standpoint, it's a big question mark. And then you've got the person, right? I mean, I don't think we've seen the kind of development out of Kyler Murray that people thought he would have, have, or, or hope for, um, in, in Kingsbury's time there certainly seemed to rub a lot of people the wrong way. I've got some friends that cover the team that just, hated covering him uh it was a very interesting dynamic with him as head coach it's very similar in a lot of ways to todd haley i think in terms of career arc right where you have a guy who did some impressive looking things on paper on offense um got given a head coaching job probably when they were not ready for it failed and then the steelers grabbed todd haley and worked with it so i can understand why from a like career arc perspective that's an attractive hire. I just don't think the scheme is good enough. And I don't think, and and what I think of the scheme is it relies a lot on the quarterback to be really good. And the Steelers don't have that. I mean, maybe if you're Kansas city and and you need a new offensive coordinator, maybe this makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure it makes sense for the Steelers. 
Yeah, uh, my mind's kind of all over the place. The first thing I want to mention, can you tell me who the first quarterback that he worked with was, by chance? Think about the timeline that you brought up. Case Keenum? Correct. All right. All right. One for one there. Uh, I was also going to bring up, you mentioned Kyler Murray's lack of development. I actually was more impressed with when he, once he came back from injury this this year, the way that Kyler looked with Drew Petzing. So, like, I think that he was more of like, and I know that he's already in an offensive coordinator spot, but I'm just saying, like, if you're looking at trajectory there for a guy like that and his work with Kyler Murray, more impressed by with what he's done with him than Cliff's work with him. And that's a guy from the Stefanski Shanahan sort of yeah. tree as opposed to uh cliff kingsbury yeah absolutely um and uh what was the third thing i was going to say what was the last thing that you mentioned oh never mind i know what i was gonna say is even though this was this was another one that we talked about like would we think that this would be a route that the steelers would go even though i don't love the idea of the steelers actually hiring him i'm intrigued by this because once again it just tells me how wide of a net that they're casting so ultimately i do not want them to hire cliff kingsbury for this position but it makes me more intrigued by the fact that they're casting such a wide net and who the possibilities of them interviewing could be yeah i think uh i'm probably over two on these two candidates i don't i don't really think either would be preferred for me uh, i think the lack of experience for both of them uh, i do think i like zach robinson better than i like cliff kingsbury uh, i think cliff kingsbury should have gone to the bears i think he would be a very intriguing fit with someone like justin fields right where you have mm-hmm. this i mean like that is you're talking about a guy who's had success with baker mayfield johnny manziel patrick mahomes I think you could look at Justin Fields and say, okay, all right, maybe that's there. I don't know what you see on the Steelers that thinks is going to have success in that kind of scheme. I just, I don't see it. Um, Kenny Pickett's not that kind of athlete and he's not that kind of quarterback yet either. I mean, obviously Manziel and Mayfield were in college. And so they were very good uh, at the very best among college quarterbacks then. So, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm kind of, I agree with you, though, that it's very interesting to me. These were both who would be guys that we yeah. considered in our second tier of candidates, guys that we did mm-hmm. not think were like slam dunk hires. Those are the first names out. Uh, it's probably mostly happenstance in terms of what name gets out in what order. And it's not like Kingsbury's with an NFL team where the Steelers have to ask permission. They can do that interview whenever they want. And they don't have to tell anybody that they did it if they don't want to. And so, you know, it. it it's probably no nothing to the order of operations, but it certainly has been intriguing that these are the first two guys. Here's why I'm on board with the Robinson one though, is because like you mentioned yesterday, everybody's just trying to get their hands on, on the McVay system in any capacity. He seems like the next guy up, but there's a caveat to me being on board with this. And it is that you bring in somebody like a pep Hamilton to be the QB coach on the same staff and kind of have like that fallback in place. If things do go South with Zach Robinson. Yeah, and and I think the personality thing with Kingsbury, right, like makes that hard to envision because, yeah. like he, you know, a guy that chafed about management and, you know, argued with his owner about things, like how's he going to tolerate uh, the team bringing in a more experienced coach to, uh, to, to ride herd on him? Like, I don't think that's going to go well. And so sure. the same lack of, exp- of, of positive experience with a lot more negatives, but I am intrigued by the – I mean, if if these are two, I said yesterday, I think five to ten. If these are two, I'm thinking closer mm-hmm. to ten because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of obvious ones we haven't gotten to yet uh, that yeah. got to satisfy the Rooney Rule requirements. We're we're gonna have a lot of these, I think. 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I could see another name drop tomorrow. You know, with the rate that we're going, one a day. Let's just do it. Gives us that would be very okay with me from a here. content perspective yeah. to go back yeah. over the fourth wall. It is would be very nice if these would just trickle out one a day every day until there's a decision made. That would be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, normally we save questions until last, like are the YouTube comments, but it, this is where it fits in here because uh, Damon said, I also feel like Tomlin is looking for his future replacement in this search. Alan, do you think that's a possibility? The way that the organization is going about this offensive coordinator uh, process is that they're looking at it like, you know, Mike, maybe in his last few years, maybe that's why they are looking at a, a younger route like a Zach Robinson, who, you know, like Tomlin can groom him for that spot or like, is that not even on their mind, you think? I will say hell no, only because a stronger <laughs> word would get us dinged by YouTube. Yeah, all right, uh, yeah. Fair. No, no, there's absolutely no chance that uh, that's look. Mike Tomlin's fifty four. I could. He's a young guy. Like there's not. I think he's fifty one. Fifty one. We're not talking about his replacement. I mean, look, see the things don't work out with Mike Tomlin. He gets fired. It happens, but. It's not like he's planning on stepping aside anytime soon. So, no, I don't think that is in anyone's uh, mind. There's also a lot of comments yesterday that I got that I kind of wanted to address. These mostly came through Twitter um, about, like, these guys where that have multiple interviews and uh, people were saying things like, oh, why would he want to come to the Steelers? You know, they have no quarterback talent, defensive head coach. I just wanted to, like, there are only – 10 of these jobs open a year tops. There's only 32 of them. I would guess that the number of times a person has turned down an offensive coordinator interview for an NFL job is near zero. And the number of times that someone has actually turned down the job when offered is absolutely zero. It just does not happen. If you get offered one of these jobs, you're taking it unless you are just in such an unbelievably strong position where you are that you can kind of feel like you could dictate your future to some level. It, it does happen. We're seeing it with Ben Johnson with the Lions where he turned down the the uh, Panthers head coaching job, but like it never, ever happens. Like if the Steelers offer this job to someone, that person's going to take it in 10 minutes, period. And I, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, like, yeah, I guess the exception would be a guy like Shane Waldron, right? Who very clearly had some options available to him and chose the bears, but he didn't have to, like he could have waited this out probably had multiple offers on the table for himself. I Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think if you get offered one, you take it and you don't worry about what might happen later. I, I think that's the way almost all the guys that are approaching this uh, hiring process think. And the other thing is, you know, although he is a defensive head coach, Mike Tomlin is revered in coaching circles. Mm-hmm. People would love to work for him. I mean, I think that's a real – that's not a negative to the Steelers. That's a benefit to the Steelers. If you're a – okay, let's let's talk about this very specifically. If you're a young coach, do you want to go work for a first-time head coach in Antonio Pierce who may or may not have any idea what he's doing, or do you want to go work for Mike Tomlin? Like, to me, that's a no – like, if that's the criteria you're using to make that decision, it's, it's heavily slanted in Mike Tomlin's favor, his experience level, and, and the way he's thought of in coaching circles – uh, so yeah, I think this is a very attractive job. I don't think the Steelers are going to have any problems getting the candidate they want. 
Well, and imagine too, you know, you were, I, I get that that could be obviously a negative on the surface, right? Like the, the quarterback room and trying to get the most out of them. But imagine like the guy is going to have faith in himself to be able to do so. Imagine the launching pad that that could be if he does get the Steelers offense turned around and makes them look like a competent unit, what that could do for his career. Yeah, right. I mean, it's there's no... There's not I mean, any hesitation of anybody to come work for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Never. There are there are teams that would, but not this one. So I think that's a, you know, the Rooney's take care of their people. They don't fire coaches. Uh, you, you know, it's it's uh, it's a very well regarded place to coach. Uh, kind of in that same breath, Alan, that we're talking about here. You know, we talked about the talent or lack thereof, maybe in the quarterback room, but you know around the rest of the roster, is this team that far away in your mind from being one of these teams that look at the teams that are still playing right now and look at the quarterbacks of these teams, like Jared Goff versus Brock Purdy in the NFC championship. Um, I wouldn't say two elite level talents there going head to head in that game. Um, so, you know, are the Steelers that far away or are they just maybe a quarterback away from being in the mix in the AFC? Yeah, I think this has been kind of oversaid over this last week or two that like, oh, the Steelers are so far away from from contending and it's they have no chance. And uh, I, I don't think that's true at all. I think they are a coordinator and or a quarterback away. Uh, obviously, they're not going to get uh, Kyle Shanahan, but uh, you know, like he's he's found a way to do it without elite quarterback talent. Dan Campbell's found a way to do it without elite quarterback talent. Oh, or you got to find it, and you could be Lamar Jackson, or you could be Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen, who very easily could be playing this weekend too. Um, but I think the idea that this Steelers roster doesn't have like the roster doesn't have a lot of holes. Like it, it's a pretty good team. It has holes at really important places in terms of the offensive yeah. coordinator and the quarterback, and that's why. Like another thing, and let's tie this into some today's news too. This offseason and in this offensive coordinator hiring process and finding a quarterback to go with Kenny Pickett is so important. And uh, Jerry Dulack of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette reported today still is going to retain defensive coordinator Terrell Austin. And like, yeah. yeah, like there's lots of problems with the Steelers defense. There's lots of things about Terrell Austin's job I can sit here and nitpick, but comparatively, that is such a small problem to these other things that they have. There's only so much time for these decision makers to put into these decisions. They have a draft process that starts Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they have to work, worry about quarterbacks. They're hiring a coordinator. You don't want to put anything else unnecessary on that plate right now. Like that's why this process is so important because they, if they hit it, they really aren't that far away. Um, and if they miss again, on another coordinator and set themselves yeah. back another two and a half years. I mean, now you're looking at you're losing Cam Hayward. You might be on the downside of TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Like the defense yeah. that is the core right now starts to fade away. It is a hugely important offseason for the Steelers to get these hires right. You don't want more of them than you need to have when you know there's only so much time in the day for these guys that are making these decisions. Yeah, certainly don't have an issue with Terrell Austin coming back. I, I What I will say is I will have an issue if they, for a second straight season, don't have the Brian Flores role. Yeah, I agree with that. And they, I mean, that was just so clearly missing this year, and they need to find a way to fill it. Um, we'll see how the things shake out. Mike Vrabel, let's go. 
maybe doesn't get a head coaching job. Yeah, I was thinking like somebody super aggressive too, like Wink Martindale. You know, if he doesn't get another DC, Wink Martindale would be perfect. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, somebody with a blitzing and front seven background. You know, I think Terrell Mm -hmm. Austin came from a secondary background. I think you would want to offset that with a guy who had had worked with linebackers, defensive linemen in his career, and and kind of came from that approach. I thought that Butler and Austin and Flores and Austin both worked really well together in that exact uh, paradigm and not having someone in that other role, I think was obviously lacking this year. We just didn't see the same kind of creativity in their blitz schemes that, that we have in years past. And I think that's probably why. Someone did ask me and I didn't have this on here, but I just thought about it. I was having a text conversation today with somebody and they said, based off, you know, the interviews with Robinson and, and reportedly with Cliff Kingsbury, um, maybe casting a wider or different net than we thought. Do we feel like maybe there is a little bit more openness to them in terms of the quarterback position than we originally thought too? Or are we just totally shutting that down and it's going to be Kenny Pickett as the starter? Oh, I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett as a starter. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think there's going to be competition. And mm-hmm. I think, but I don't think, let me rephrase that. I think Kenny Pickett is going to go into the offseason as a starting quarterback. And I think the plan of the organization is going to be to get Kenny Pickett ready to be the starting quarterback. Um, that, 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 I think that's more of what the conversation that we were having, the plan of the organization more so than anything else. Like, right. sure, they're going to bring in somebody, whether it's, it's Mason Rudolph again coming back or somebody of that vein, but it's not going to be like that that bigger fish, that swing at the quarterback position. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be you know Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Baker Mayfield, I, someone that would come in and, and expect to be the starter right away. I think it's going to be someone from that second tier of quarterbacks Guys, we've talked about a lot, but you know, yeah, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, Sam Darnold, um, you know, pl- players like that that could give you something similar to what Mason Rudolph gave you this year, or probably better, or more likely to be better, um, if things don't work out with Kenny Pickett. I think. Look, look, we saw how good this team was with just average quarterback play. Like they don't need a superstar to be still playing in the playoffs mm-hmm. right now. Look at the Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, they could be that. They want to be better than that, and that's why they're going back to Pickett because there is a view that he still is capable of being better than that. Uh, but I think they want a plan B that they're very sure of can be at least that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've talked a lot about you know additions to the staff, like regardless of these positions that they're going to be filling that are vacant, but also just adding to more bodies upon the staff. One thing that uh, we've talked about is a turnover, possibly a offensive line coach, Pat Meyer, uh, could or could not be back. But Alan and the Steelers fans are going to love to hear what I'm about to say. And so maybe we go a little bit deeper into this. Mike Munchak interested in getting back into coaching. I don't think that his name has left Steelers fans minds since he left the organization. No, he hasn't. And, and, you know, I I don't know uh, what he wants to do. He moved out West to be closer Mm -hmm. to his family. There's a report from Nashville that said that he was interested in returning uh, maybe to one or two specific places. I don't know if Pittsburgh was one of them. Um, I don't know if he'd want to do the job full time, but Hey, if you're looking for like, just, Hey, add a guy to the staff, man, like give give me Mike Munchak. Absolutely. Um, 
Still not that old, 63. You know, he's been away from Jeez. the game for a little bit. That gives you a little pause. But, you know, I think uh, – I don't even know that you would need to fire Pat Meyer to bring Mike Munchak in. I think there's room in that offense okay. for another coach that you could mm-hmm. just, you know, add to it in a way that they haven't been doing. Yeah, and I'm not saying I totally hate the idea of this person as OC, but that's kind of the thought that I've had with like Arthur Smith, like bringing him onto the offensive staff in some capacity, but not necessarily as the offensive coordinator. Um, and maybe Munchak is another name to consider for that, whatever that, whatever you want to title that. Yeah, senior offensive, offensive assistant, assistant yeah. Yeah. run game coordinator. How about assistant head coach? Steelers haven't had that position filled in a couple of years. I think Munchak could do that and work with some linemen individually too and let Pat Meyer keep coaching. That sounds good to me. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the Steelers could double their coaching staff in size and I wouldn't really bat an eyelash. I think that's how far behind they are the average NFL team. So I'm not trying to fire people. I'm trying to hire people. Well, there you go. Maybe that. So we are the last thing that we talked about before getting into this was how far the Steelers are away from a roster construction standpoint. Maybe it's really about the size of their coaching staff where they're not up to par with the rest of the league. I mean, it is. It certainly is. But also, like, they had a pretty good defense this year. They ran the ball pretty well Mm -hmm. this year. I mean, it really was mostly about the quarterback play and the passing offense not working and, and how those two things go in tandem. But they can certainly be better. And, and better coached on both sides of the ball. And um, I'd like to see some 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 more guys there. I think Mike Mon- Monchak, especially if he doesn't want to do it full time, like spring him in as like a analyst or what, you know, whatever, like that that sounds ideal. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and Alan, speaking of not having a void of talent, certainly the Steelers knocked it out of the park with their last draft class. And Joey Porter Jr., Pro Football Writers of America, all rookie team. Uh, what a fantastic rookie season. I don't think you could have asked for more. I think there were some questions how he would do right out of the gate. Little handsy. Obviously, there was some footwork stuff to clean up. But just from a perspective, start to finish, I, you got to be very excited about what you saw in year one going into year two. I think he was pretty much exactly what I thought, that he was going to take some time to adjust. It's probably going to be a little bit handsy. He did take, I think, eight penalties, uh, probably more than you'd like. but. Man, a strong rookie season, had the huge pick against the Ravens, was following number one receivers around the field. I think it's huge, uh, huge potential for him to really be a shutdown corner like the Steelers haven't had in a very long time. If you were to ask me, obviously, like we missed out on the most important thing happening for the 2023 Steelers, and that would have been a, a year two leap for Kenny Pickett. However, with what we saw from the rookie class going into this offseason before year two, I think that is where the most optimism comes from and why there's just so much like 2023 was still a win for me because of what we no. saw from the rookie class. Yeah, I mean, I I could argue that both ways, but I think it's one of the reasons why I don't understand the prevailing pessimism about the near mm. future, right? When you have a draft class that does as well as the Steelers draft class did, first of all, you have all those guys now for three more re- years, right? You've got three more years at least of, you know, uh, Joey Porter Jr., of Keanu Benton, of Broderick Jones, of Darnell Washington, of Nick Herbig. I, I mean, even like Corey Trice, like it was a guy that we were excited about before he got hurt, like that. Those guys are going to be around, okay? And so you've got three more years of that, and so that's exciting. But it also should be exciting that all the guys that drafted that draft are going to draft another one here in a couple months. And, like, what if you put together two or three draft classes, like the Steelers' 2023 draft classes, 
that's how you build a Super Bowl contending team. Like, it doesn't take eight of those in a row. It really only takes a couple. If you have a couple of those in a row, you can really start to stack up talent in a significant way. And that's why I am not pessimistic about the near future of this team, and I don't think people should be either. Oh, and I love when we're sitting here recording an episode, and I got Twitter open, and I just happen to switch tabs real quick, and I – Come across some news here. So Jerry Dulac has put out there that the Steelers are not expected to retain quarterback coach Mike Sullivan to avoid awkwardness with the next OC. However, Pat Meyer is expected to return. There you go. I think uh, Sullivan not returning is pretty obvious. Yeah, I would agree. I think Pat Meyer was a bigger question, though, and if that is to be the case, we got our answer there. Yeah, and look. Hire Mike Munchak, too. I think we've got the, I think we've got the blueprint here, Smitty. I think we've got it. I guess my question is, um, you know, who who all went into the decision making pro- process in terms of Roger playing on the right side? Like, is is that Pat Meyer thinking that he's going to be better suited to be over there? Do we see Broderick make the switch to left tackle? Because like, I think that's my one big concern. I think it's probably every Steelers fan's one big concern with Pat Meyer coming back is you're now attaching Broderick Jones' development to that offensive line coach. I, you know, I don't think that, I, let me say this. I, I, I'm not a person that believes that Broderick Jones has to play left tackle. Okay. The Steelers go out and draft a tackle this year. And that guy is a, just a pure left tackle. I'm fine with Broderick Jones being a right tackle. I, I don't think he has to be left tackle to justify the draft pick. I don't think you, ha- I don't think there's anything about his skill set that screams to me left tackle. He is a far, far better run blocker than a pass blocker. Usually when we're talking about tackles, like that, those end up being right tackles. Like that's usually the way it goes. Sure, usually yeah. you would want to flip those two skill sets with your left tackle. And so I don't really see a problem with Broderick Jones playing right tackle. Um they uh, they need another one. I mean, that's that's part of it. And I think his mm-hmm. ability gives them the flexibility to go in this offseason and say, Hey, just find another tackle. It doesn't matter. We can play Broderick Jones either side, and that's and that's a great asset, but I don't I don't have a problem with him playing right tackle. I don't think it's a waste of his talent. I don't think it it uh, lessens the draft pick at all. I kind of felt like he was one of those guys that, when I was watching him on tape, felt like a right tackle to me, and I, that's okay. Yeah, I, I don't think that he has to play. I guess I just wanted to see him there first and foremost because I expect to see him at left tackle. Um, I don't think that he has to play there to justify the pick, but even more so than, okay, forget the left side, right side thing. Just in terms of his development as a tackle, regardless of what side it's on, are you okay with that being attached, his development being attached to Pat Meyer? I think so. You know, I don't think Pat Meyer is a perfect coach. I think we've seen some guys that didn't really adapt to his scheme very well, like Kevin Dotson. But I didn't see that from Broderick Jones. I thought he had a solid rookie season. So um, he he does coach in a little bit of a unique style. There's without getting like too technical into offensive line play, they have like pretty aggressive pass sets that I think uh, can backfire sometimes, and they're not really for everyone. And um, but I I don't I don't see a problem with it. I, I think he's a guy that you can work with. Uh, he's a, been around. I I don't. I don't think Pat Myers is going to be the best assistant coach on the staff, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to be the worst. Yeah, I guess my my reason for pause is, uh, again, I knew that we would see some lumps with Broderick. Kind of went in the wrong direction as the year went on, in my opinion, and maybe that was just, you know, the rookie, rookie wall stuff. But um, I thought Isaac Samalu wasn't as good as he was in Philly by a little bit. 
James Daniels, probably about the same. Mason I think by the end of the year, we, we got to see the Isaac Samalu from Philly. It, it was not early in the season, but by the end of the year, I think we started to see it. James Daniels has been great. Mason Cole. Been, yeah. I don't know. It was two years under Pat Meyer, and one of them he was fine, and the other one he was awful. I guess, so I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, right? I think I think we can kind of yeah. roll out coaching at that point. I guess I guess what I'm saying is everybody pretty much stayed either the same or went in the wrong direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And look, they're probably going to invest in the offensive line position in the draft again this year. I would say yeah. center and tackle are two of their top three needs, probably. So there's more coming. Um, so I guess if you have hesitations about Pat Meyer's ability to develop, maybe that's a question mark for you. I, I'm not super concerned about it. I, I can see the um, I can see the Kevin Dotson stuff, and I think a lot of it is just like I don't know. It, it seems like they try to like round peg square holes, guys, at times, and it just doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to more like unable to teach. So you don't think that Broderick falls into that same bucket as like a, a Kevin Dodson? No, because I right. always thought Broderick Jones' skill set was right. was better suited to the right side anyway. He didn't have that much experience anywhere, but he played both sides at Georgia. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you have a guy like Dan Moore had been playing left tackle since sixth grade and had literally never played anywhere else in his entire life. Okay, right, that guy's just a left tackle. I mean, Broderick Jones had played right tackle at Georgia. He had only played one year, really, at Georgia anyway. Like, you know, I I didn't feel like he was this person that was so set in what he had been doing that he couldn't be moved and that it would be a disaster, and it wasn't. And so um, I don't know. I'm open to him playing either side, and I think the Steelers are too. There we go. Great stuff today. Uh, A lot of stuff covered. Um, Alan, tell the people they can find you at a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, PGH Steelers. Now Steelers now.com. I can subscribe to the YouTube channel and, uh, I'll be at the senior bowl coming up in a few days next week. Already. We're already a week out from the senior bowl. Time flies. Time flies. Uh, like subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments, uh, with any questions, topics, thoughts on what we covered today, which you would like to see us cover in the future. Leave us a five-star view if you're listening somewhere else. Also, if you watched on YouTube yesterday, most watched episode that we've had on YouTube. So in the off season, who would have thought talking about their first offensive coordinator interview? Didn't see that one coming, but shout out to everybody, uh, that watched like subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH, for Alan Saunders and myself. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers afternoon. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.